0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome wherever you are in the world tuning in to episode 10 of A Voice from the Ever Change. Now if you are following along uh, in the book, I'm skipping ahead a bit tonight. I'm going to read the first poem and commentary from the gratitude chapter which is the second chapter in the book. Interestingly enough after I was uh, preparing for this evening uh, I realized that this poem and commentary might have better been placed in the chapter on meditation but it's not yet <laughs> so I might fix that and in the uh, next edition of a voice from the Everchange, change uh, I might move this poem uh, to the meditation chapter so this is really a poem about meditation it's uh, kind of written as a guide, so you can use this poem and particularly the commentary uh, as an extension of the guided meditation, if you will. So allowing that uh, to bring you uh, into a deeper state of meditation, or you can just listen uh, with an open heart, with an open mind uh, to the words of the commentary. And then as usual, I will probably improvise a little bit of a Dharma talk at the end there. And so I think that's all I need to say as an introduction. So um, thank you again for joining me. I'll ring the bell, I'll guide us into silence. And then in the silence of the meditation that we cultivate, I will offer the poem and the commentary. Again, allowing the words of the poem and commentary to guide your awareness wherever it may want to go. So allowing the body, mind, and heart to rest. is coming into this present moment experience. Noticing the breath as it enters and leaves the nose. There might be a cool or a dry sensation there at the nose, perhaps. Noticing the temperature might be slightly different in one nostril over the other, or you might be breathing in more air through one nostril over the other. Allowing awareness to expand to include the back of the throat, noticing the breath as it touches the back of the throat. Perhaps simply noticing the temperature changing from cooler to warmer, as you inhale and exhale. And allowing awareness to expand again to include the rib cage, expanding and contracting with each breath. There might be sensations of clothing, moving to adjust with the rising and falling of the body. Noticing the abdomen rising and falling with each breath. And as you breathe in and breathe out, you might also notice the back moving out slightly on the in-breath and in on the out-breath, noticing the shoulders rising and falling with each breath. And as you breathe in and breathe out, you might also notice the body straightening up slightly on the in-breath and leaning forward slightly on the out-breath. And while resting in the experience of breathing, sensations arising from the nose to the abdomen the abdomen to the nose allow awareness to expand to include the sensations of clothing resting against the shoulders you might notice the arms resting against the body the hands resting against the body or touching each other You might also notice sensations of clothing against the back, the weight of the body against the cushion, chair, mat or floor. You might also notice sensations of clothing against the legs, the feet against the mat or the floor. And while maintaining awareness on all of that, bringing attention to the top of the head, noticing any sensations arising from the crown of the head. Allowing awareness to expand through the back of the head, noticing any sensations arising there and the ears as well, noticing sensations arising from the ears allowing awareness to expand through the back of the neck and the sides of the neck. And as you breathe in and breathe out, you might also notice sensations arising from the cheeks of the face, sensations arising from the chin and the lips, the nose and the eyes, sensations arising from the forehead and back to the top of the head. And so we'll rest right there just for a few moments, resting with the sensations of breath from the nose to the abdomen, the abdomen to the nose, and sensations arising throughout the body from the top of the head to the bottoms of the feet. Remember, sensations of breath and body are always present moment experiences. So allowing the breath and or the body to ground your awareness in the here and now and just rest. And now while maintaining awareness on the sensations of the breath from the nose to the abdomen, the abdomen to the nose, and sensations arising throughout the body from the top of the head to the bottoms of the feet, allow awareness to expand again to include any sound which might be available during this present moment experience. You don't need to focus on any one particular sound, but allow yourself to rest and experience the entire field of sounds, noticing all of the sounds all at the same time, as if you were listening to the universe orchestrate the perfect soundtrack of this present moment experience. and in addition to any sounds, paying close attention to the quality of still silence, which surrounds the present moment. When you rest and listen to the silent space in this way, you might notice how that silence seems to permeate all of experience. And so we'll rest right there, maintaining open, spacious awareness on the sensations of the breath, the body, sound and silence, and just rest, breathing in and breathing out. The poem. Just as the rays from the rising sun illuminate the unswept dust on the red oak floor, so the light of awareness cultivated in meditation shines on our own confusion. We can either curse the dust and wish for darkness, or go about the business of cleansing our heart. Grateful for the sunshine, grateful for the broom, grateful for the dust. The Commentary. Breathing in, I feel the breath, the cool air entering my nostrils, only to return out through the nostrils slightly warmer, the dry sensation as the air grazes over the back of my throat. I also notice my clothes moving with the gentle rising and falling of my body with each breath. The mind becomes distracted by a thought about a meal, which I might have a few hours from now, and I calmly bring my mind back to the present moment, recognizing that I feel more luxurious and at ease to be in the expansive present moment rather than collapse down on a thought. I rest back with the breath and body, fairly soon i find myself floating away on the wings of a fantasy off to a faraway destination in a vacation of the future again i recognize the distraction and return to this spacious open present moment again and again this cycle of distraction recognition return and rest occurs throughout the meditation practice and each time i return to the present moment experience of my awareness and my attention each time i go through that cycle my awareness and attention grows incrementally stronger the light of awareness begins to radiate just a little bit brighter Now this brightly illuminating light of awareness and attention can and often does allow one to see into ourself and our life in some very unexpected ways. As my teacher, Ken McLeod likes to say, we don't get to choose what we become aware of when we grow in awareness. We simply become more aware. Now, that might not always be a pleasant experience. But just as the rising sun illuminating the dust on the wooden floor makes it easier to clean the tiles, so too, when our insight allows us to see the causes and conditions which have led others and ourselves to suffering, we can cease embarking on such activities. As a result of cultivating our awareness and attention through insight meditation practice, we slowly become highly sensitized to our behavior patterns which may be out of balance. As we continue to grow in sensitivity through the technique of practice, we recognize sooner when we are out of balance or out of sync with the present moment. As a result, we may take the necessary actions needed to regain our balance before we act out in ways which might induce struggle and suffering for ourselves and for others. This cultivation of balance through awareness is quite similar to the cultivation of balance in yoga. When one first takes up a yoga practice and they try the balance postures, That person is typically a heap of tumble and stumble, swaying this way and that way in a desperate attempt to find the exact spot which will allow them to feel still, calm, balanced and graceful within that pose. For better or for worse, however, that spot never appears. Generally, what happens is the yogini becomes more sensitive to being out of balance. In that heightened state of sensitivity the practitioner might feel their body slipping off balance sooner and adjust more accurately and gracefully thus giving the appearance of resting perfectly in balance in meditation we cultivate the light of awareness to shine in on our habits our patterns and our behaviors in this practice we become highly sensitized to our out-of-balance actions, which have led, or may continue, to lead to suffering. And we may then more quickly and effortlessly return to a balanced life. In this balanced way of living, we are much less likely to cause struggle or suffering for ourselves and others. Another analogy might be that of a violinist. When a violinist is first learning the instrument, it is quite satisfying that a note may be sounded just by running the hair of the bow against the strings. The teacher may then instruct the violinist how to play a scale. Wow! This is amazing! Not only one note, but eight notes in a succession which makes sense to the human ear. How wonderful! So. The concert, the future concert master returns home to practice the scale, and all is well for the first week or so. But after hours and hours of practicing the scale, a certain capacity begins to accrue, much like the capacity cultivated as a result of the distraction return pattern in meditation. Soon the scale doesn't quite so. quite, soon (laughs) the scale doesn't sound quite so amazing. Hmm, that's weird. But it is not because our budding maestro is getting worse on their chosen instrument. Actually, it's quite the contrary. They sound worse to their ears because they are getting better. The newly formed cultivation of awareness about the violin is allowing them to hear the notes which are out of tune, the notes which aren't being fingered or bowed correctly, or if they're not holding the instrument correctly, and so forth. The light of awareness shines on the wounds of intonation, allowing them to heal and play in tune. Now, with the example of the violinist, if that future concert mistress quits then, uh, they will never be able to play in tune. If the yogini, loses interest in yoga after a few stumbles out of a balance posture, they will never advance beyond the most basic yogic practices. And if we stop practicing meditation after a few distracting thoughts, we will continue through our life asleep, allowing our unconscious habitual reactivity to shade and color our life with every step and never tasting the freedom which lie just beyond our capacity and attention. So, you get distracted during meditation practice. So does everyone. Even the Buddha would get distracted at times. Meditation is not about sitting in a perfectly undistracted stillness for a complete 30-minute session, not at all. This is not an Olympic sport. It is about making space in your mind and heart for your own humanity. It is about seeing the mind for what it is, right here and right now. The mind is active? Okay, so the mind is active. Keep coming back to the present moment and rest there. Allow the distraction return process of meditation to help you grow stronger in awareness and attention become comfortable and patient with your own mind here we are learning to trust our ability to rest in the process with the non-judging equanimous mind so your mind is hazy okay so the mind is hazy just rest with the hazy mind now you might like to do a few energizing techniques of clearing the hazy mind so that you may come back to rest in the present moment, fresh and clear. That's fine, that's normal. And if you'd like some instruction on energizing the hazy mind, uh, message me, and I'll send you some tips on that. But for now, I'll return back to the commentary. So allow this process to cultivate, develop, and deepen your sense of compassion, both for yourself and others recognizing that this path of insight and liberation is not easy. Here we can begin to have compassion for our teachers and our fellow practitioners. Just think how arrogant we might be, or our teachers for that matter, if the meditation practice was always easy and challenge-free. Ugh. No, thank you. We have all had tough days and easy days in meditation, and in fact, That is a natural part of the growing process of any endeavor, whether it is in meditation or learning a language, yoga or violin or any discipline, every growth requires some component of failure. In this recognition, we begin to see that the concept of failure itself is actually quite laughable. Each failure becomes an opportunity each obstacle a step up the growth ladder. Just keep coming back to the practice and fairly soon you'll be balancing on the yoga mat of life, playing the instrument of flesh, bone and blood in tune with the key of the present moment and navigating the struggles inherent in our experience in a way which allows a type of freedom, of resting, of release from suffering. So we live, we act, and we react, and we respond. Then we begin meditation, and we may cultivate a bit of insight. Now we live, we act, but with insight we might react a little less, and our response is slightly, slightly more in balance or in tune with the present moment. That feels good. Because there's a type of freedom or joy or wonder in that type of balance. So we practice a little bit more. After a few more weeks, months, or years of practice, we then live, we act and react, but now our reactions are lit up in the light of awareness. So we react less, and when we do react, It is even more in tune and balanced with the present moment. Now, that feels good because we can now see the practice creating a positive change in our life. So we grow in confidence. Now, we might meditate more or perhaps consistently or perhaps for longer sessions or perhaps uh, frequenting meditation retreats or uh, connecting with a teacher. We then live, we act and react, but now, due to the cultivated light of awareness, we can notice and feel our reactions when they are not in tune with the present moment. We catch the reaction before acting out on it, and we choose a more balanced, in tune, and appropriate response. It is at this point when the meditation practice typically begins to take on a certain momentum or a life of its own, so to speak. And so the practice continues unfolding. We are now cultivating a deeper awareness, becoming more balanced, growing in skill so that we may find the perfect note which allows for the situation at hand to cadence and resolve in a way that allows all who experience it to find peace. Welcome to meditation. So I hope you all found this uh, meditation practice of benefit, and enjoyed the poem and the commentary. Uh, Hopefully that was inspiring Uh, to those of you who don't have a meditation practice to uh, begin cultivating one. Uh, Particularly in in this particular world climate, uh, I have found great relief in the practice of meditation. If you already have a meditation practice, hopefully uh, this put a new angle on it or uh, just inspired you to reach a little bit deeper. And so, as a way of wrapping up, I think I'll tell a story. And this is a true story from my own life. And I I think I can weave it into a Dharma talk. I think there's some wisdom here, although uh, I've not told the story in this way yet. Uh, we'll see how it how it unfolds Uh, so not that long ago actually a few months ago I I guess it was back in October it would have been October last year I was on the Celebrity Millennium cruise ship uh, giving talks on Buddhism and uh, teaching mindfulness and I had moved cabins. I was in one cabin, and then uh, two weeks later they moved me to a different cabin. And I got settled in, and I unpacked and everything, and all of a sudden I started to hear this really high-pitched sound, this e this ringing sound. What is that? What's Where is that coming from? I thought... Uh, maybe it's some light thing because I know I used to be a musician and sometimes the stage lights would would, uh, get a a loose wire and they would start hissing or whistling like this. And so I thought, well, it must be the light. So so I turned off the lights and it's still there. It's not the lights. So I turned the lights back on. And I started looking around the room. I looked under the bed. I couldn't find anything. I looked behind the desk, the dresser. Nothing seemed out of place. Everything was all neat and tidy. i just unpacked. Uh, so I went behind the lights. I took the tile off the ceiling and I took the ceiling apart. And I was looking at behind where the light tile is. I couldn't find where this whistling was coming from. I must have spent hours tearing the whole room apart. Trying to find this whistle. Finally, I went into the bathroom and I closed the door and I turned off the lights. And it's still there. And so I covered my ears. It's like, it's still there. It's in my ear. I somehow developed tinnitus. <laughs> and so it struck me that. That's the human condition, right? Whenever we're uncomfortable with something, we look around our environment. What can I change? What can I shift? What can I move? What can I buy? That's a big one. What can I buy to ease this discomfort? Uh, Any capitalist society knows that. Any advertising agent knows that, and they capitalize on that. Anytime somebody's uncomfortable, they're going to want to buy something how can we make this product look like something that can ease that discomfort that's that's our current state of humanity we're trapped in that cycle anytime we're uncomfortable move something change something do something be something create something but the the discomfort is always here whether it's really literally here or it's something that's arising in our environment like particular uh, virus (laughs) or a particular politician who says things that uh, we feel to be not true or inaccurate or off color or we watch the news broadcast, which is uh, filled with suffering discomfort arises but that that discomfort is that's on us that's arising in our own body in our own mind in our own heart and then we reach for the next thing. What can we get to alleviate that? Where is, the whi- where is the whistling coming from? Where is the discomfort coming from? What can I change to alter that? And so the real power of mindfulness meditation is that it does alter that. It does allow us not to change the discomfort, but change our relationship to that discomfort. My tinnitus is still there. It's ringing, but I've named it. I have a, fr- I have a friendly whistle in my ear now. He's always there. She sometimes, he sometimes, they sometimes, it sometimes, doesn't matter. Uh, cool, I'm happy with my, my little friend tinnitus. But it's, it is really, really uh, a result of quite a, a, a number of years of meditation practice uh, to, to settle into that type of thing, to, to recognize that there's no enemy. Now, what if somebody transgressed against us, right? What if somebody really hurt me? punch me in the jaw, for example. Isn't that an enemy? No. No, that's not an enemy. But because they transgressed against me, that makes them a really good susceptible hook for my projection. But at the end of the day, it's still my own discomfort projected outward that I'm struggling against. Now, I'm not saying that we should all be condoning bad behavior. I don't subscribe to that point of view. Some of you might be relieved to hear that. (laughs) We should never condone bad behavior or Uh, use meditation to let people get away with transgressions against us saying, oh, I'm a meditator, I shouldn't act this way, I shouldn't get angry. Not at all. We accept their bad behavior, but we don't condone it. We accept it. And then in that acceptance, we move forward to address that behavior. There's a lot more power in that and moving forward out of anger, moving forward out of revenge. Because when we move forward in that way, then they just come back at us, and we go back at them, and they come back at us, and the war start. So when we recognize that it's our own discomfort that we're constantly struggling against, if there's struggle in our life, and not all of us have this, then meditation is the medicine because meditation is us going inside and becoming friends with our discomfort holding our discomfort holding the pain in our heart holding the discomforts in the body in the mind with compassion the way a mother holds a newborn baby in her arms. And so I think that's all I wanna say this evening or this morning, if you're tuning in in the East Coast of America, this afternoon in Europe or late night in Australia or New Zealand, Again, welcome. Welcome, everyone. If you have any questions or comments, do send them over through Messenger. I'm doing a Q&A on Sunday, same time. And I will be back tomorrow. Not sure yet what I'm going to do tomorrow. I might do another read or, or poem, or I might uh, guide a, a more traditional meditation. That's what I did last Saturday. So I might uh, create sort of a, a weekend program, if you will. Uh, so tune in and find out uh, more about that. And again, please, everyone, I say this with the deepest loving kindness, stay safe, stay healthy, stay home as much as you can. Please, please, please adhere to these uh, closings, these, uh, in some places they're calling them lockdowns, these curfews, uh, social distancing is paramount. Wear your masks if you have them or cover your face. Listen to the scientists. Don't listen to the politicians. They have other motives. Listen to the scientists. Listen to the doctors. They're here to help. Okay, I'll see you all uh, at the next episode of A Voice from the EverChange. Thank you so much.